All right, all right. Welcome to episode five of Danalytics, the NBA playoff edition. Uh, we just finished up March Madness. We just had the Masters today. Tiger is back. But now it's time to move into the NBA playoffs. So for this podcast, I'm going to go through each matchup, um, Eastern and Western Conference. And I'm going to try to give you the best breakdown and predictions that you can find in 20 minutes or less. So I hope that you enjoy. I've done a lot of research to try to make this podcast worth your time. So if you're an NBA fan or a fan of hoops, then it's time for episode five of Danalytics. All right, everybody, welcome to episode five of Danalytics, the NBA playoff edition. The way this is going to work is I'm going to start in the Western Conference and I'm going to look at each matchup. Um, for the NBA playoffs, make my predictions, give you some of the main storylines to watch out for, and then give you a few different statistics that I think could um, give us a, an insight into how each series is going to play out. And then all we can do is watch and see how we do. Um, I love the NBA, but primarily the playoffs. Uh, I feel like the sense of urgency goes from like a 2 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10. Get so much drama. And the skill, these players, it's just unbelievable. The percentage of college athletes that make it to the NBA. So if you're one of those people who's like, ah, the NBA is just a bunch of guys going after the money, I'd give you a, I'd give it a chance this year and watch a few games because these guys compete and they're just incredible players. But if you're not an NBA fan and nothing that I can do will change your mind, then you might want to skip this episode and save it for the next one. Actually, you might want to skip the next few because I'm going to be talking playoffs for the next month or so. But if you are an NBA fan, you're in the right spot. And even though LeBron's not in the playoffs, if you've been suffering through LeBron fatigue, then this playoffs, these playoffs are for you. So let's get right to it. We're going to start in the Western Conference. Let's start with the 3 versus 6 matchup. Probably the matchup I'm looking forward to most in the Western Conference. It's the Portland Trailblazers versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. You've got Dame Dalla versus Brody and PG-13. Um... Top five offense for the Blazers. Blazers have a top five offense, and they're going up against the Thunder, who have a top five defense. So this is going to be one of those classic offense versus defense matchups. A um, couple notes about the Blazers here. Blazers have lost 10 straight playoff games. They've been swept the last two seasons. So they need a bounce back. Um, last year, they dealt with some injuries. This year, um, Yusuf Nurchich just got injured a few weeks ago. He's their big center. Plays a pivotal role, but... The two leading guards, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, said they have no excuses. So we'll see what the Blazers have up in Portland. Um, they led the league in time of possession. Uh, they're kind of a team that likes to slow it down. They do a lot of mid-range stuff that we'll talk about in a second. C.J. McCollum is is the top two mid-range player in the game behind KD. Um, so Kevin Durant's number one. C.J. McCollum, num- top two mid-range player in the game. Um, Lillard is one of three players to average 25 points a game each of the last four seasons. Only KD and Braun have done that um, along with Damian. So, Mr. Consistent kind of gets overlooked because he plays in the West Coast. He plays so late at night, but I love the playoffs, being able to watch him. Damian Lillard is a treat. The Thunder, on the other hand, they're the only Western Conference team with a losing record after the All-Star break. So they started hot. They were really gelling. Um, But after the All-Star break, they've kind of taken a nosedive. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it together. Obviously, the Thunder, led by Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Um, then they have the big man, the caveman, Stephen Adams, uh, holding down the paint. 
The Thunder have the second highest isolation rate in the league at about 9% of their possessions. For those of you who don't know what that means, it means that they kind of go one-on-one without really passing. That's what an isolation is. You just kind of spread the floor and let a guy go one-on-one against the defender. And they are second behind Houston in that regard. Um, They led the league, the Thunder did, with 18 wins after trailing by double digits, so never count them out. I'm actually recording this podcast right now um, during the Thunder-Blazers game. And the Thunder were down 15 at one point, and now they've cut it to four. So, going to keep an eye on that. Um, Paul George is going to be an X factor. His shoulders kind of tweaked. So he's been healthy all season and having like a top five MVP type season. And now he's injured. So don't know how that's going to play out. Um, the Thunder led the league in opponent turnover percentage for the second straight year. If you've been listening to my college hoops podcast, you know that turnover, turnover percentage is really has a direct correlation with your win rate. Um, so OKC forces turnovers. That's huge. And another thing to note, even though OKC is the sixth seed and the Blazers are the three seed, OKC swept the regular season matchups, um, winning all four of their their games. So, even though this first game, um, Portland is currently up 10 in the third, they have home court advantage, I think the Thunder get this one. Um, I'm worried about Paul George's shoulder, but I just think that the Thunder have a lot of firepower. And Russell Westbrook will not be denied. Mr. Triple-Double. I think the Thunder get this one in seven games. But it's going to be a heck of a series. Next one. The two-seed Denver Nuggets versus the number seven seed San Antonio Spurs. The Nuggets got a lot of hype this year. Led the Western Conference for much of it before the Warriors kind of went on their streak. But I'm sorry. I just think the Spurs are the terrible matchup for the Nuggets. I think the Spurs are going to steal this series. Here, let me kind of explain why. First, let me show the Nuggets some love. Um, The Nuggets are second in the league in assist percentage. They share the rock. They led the league in offensive rebounding percentage. They're battling in the boards. Um, But they have three starters, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, and Nikola Jokic, who've never played a minute in the playoffs. And their first-round opponent is the Spurs, a coach who's been on the bench for 66,000 minutes of playoff basketball over the last 22 seasons. It's unbelievable. Greg Popovich and his Spurs are a machine. Um, The Spurs led the league in free throw percentage. The Spurs led the league in three-point percentage. Um, They had the league's best home road differential and winning percentage. So the Spurs were 32-9 at home, um, but they were only 16-25 on the road. So that's, their, that's going to be the Spurs' downfall. Can they get a win in Denver? If the Spurs can sneak one in Denver out of these first two, then I think it's the Spurs series. Um, I still think they pull it off. But the Denver Nuggets have had a great season. Can Jokic and Jamal Murray get it done against Popovich, DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and company? I'm going to say Spurs in six. Next one, we got the Warriors versus the Clippers. The Warriors number one seed, Clippers number eight. I'm going to keep this brief and say that the Warriors will sweep the Clippers. Okay? The Warriors are amazing, and I I need to save some of these stats for the next episode when they have a better matchup. But I will say this, it's hard to three-peat. Only three teams have ever really three-peat. Jordan's Bulls, Kobe Shaq Lakers, and Bill Russell Celtics. 
um, in the modern NBA era. And the Warriors are trying to do it. Their starting lineup is ridiculous. Um, they led the league in blocks. Um, their three-point percentage, I mean, it's just unfair when you have the three best shooters in the league, in my opinion. I think Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson are the three best three-point shooters in the league, and they're all on the same team. So, Warriors in four. I will say this, because the Clippers will be have a quick out, so let's at least give them some love. They have the league's best record in close games. They have two rookies to play over 1,500 minutes. It's the only playoff team where that is true. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Landry Shumet both played over 1,500 minutes. Lou Williams is the sixth man of the year. He led the league in bench scoring. Um, and Doc Rivers has really done an amazing job with this club. They traded Chris Paul and Blake Griffin a few years back. They traded Tobias Harris, their leading scorer, to the 76ers in the midway through this, this year. They're gritty. Patrick Beverly is worth the watch. KD and Patrick Beverly both got ejected yesterday. Tell me I'm not going to be watching the next game. Love watching Patrick Beverly do his thing, the Chicago kid. But doesn't matter. Warriors in four. And then lastly, Western Conference. The 4-5 seed. Another amazing series. The Rockets versus the Jazz. The Utah Jazz and Houston Rockets are ranked fourth and fifth, respectively, in point differential. They're the only leagues, excuse me, they were also the league's two best teams in that regard after the All-Star break. Okay, but here they are as the four and five seed and one of them won't make it out of the first round. These potentially could be some of the top five best teams in the league and one of them's going home early. It's the league's number two offense, the Rockets, versus the league's number two defense, the Jazz. Okay, it's also the only first round series that's a rematch of a playoff series from last year that the Rockets won. So here's a few stats then about this series before we close up the Western Conference. Um, the Rockets took a league high 51% of their shots from three-point range, which is just unbelievable. It's the third straight season which they set new records for both three-point makes and three-point attempts. They hold the record now for 27 made threes. They just did that a few weeks ago on April 7th. So that's the good. The bad, they rank last in both ball movement and player movement. There's a ton of isolation. It's more than double any other team. 20% of their possessions were ISOs. Remember I just told you earlier that the Thunder were second in the league at 8%? The Rockets are number one in the league in ISOs with 20%. And a lot of that comes down to James Harden, which the dude is unreal. He's going to win the MVP, in my opinion, for the second straight season, even though Giannis Antetokounmpo had an amazing year. We'll talk about him in a minute. But Harden averaged 36 points a game, which is just unbelievable. Granted, the three-point boosts that a lot, but hey, the man has just totally dominated this season. Um, so in my opinion, Chris Paul's the X factor for this team. James Harden needs play, needs to make the Western Conference Finals in order for this season to be a success. Otherwise, the regular season doesn't matter that much, but the playoffs are when NBA legends are made, and Harden hasn't made it too far in the West. And their foe standing in their way is the Utah Jazz. Um, kind of led by their youngster Donovan Mitchell, their gritty wing player Joe Ingles, and then Rudy Gobert in the middle, the defensive player of the year this year. The Jazz are really a team that loves to pass. Um, they only had 3% of their possessions that were ISOs, so they have great ball movement. They scored 1.2 points per possession on pick and roll, which is the league's best. So the Jazz are the league's best pick and roll team. Donovan Mitchell loves to come off the pick and roll. Ricky Rubio loves to come off the pick and roll, make things happen. 
And here's one thing that's interesting. I'm going to be watching this, and this is something that I didn't know. Hopefully, you, those of you who are going to watch the playoffs closely can appreciate this. The Jazz are one of two teams that allowed fewer than 10 threes a game. We just talked about how the Rockets are blowing the, a league away with threes attempted well in the 20s. So the Jazz only allow 10 threes a game. So who's going to win? It's like when the unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Are the Jazz going to keep the Rockets from chucking? I don't think so. But can they force the Rockets to chuck low percentage threes? And then this, the Rockets could really be in trouble. They're facing a team that's going to challenge their identity at who they are on the offensive end. And the Jazz have some vets themselves. They have Jay Crowder. They have Kyle Korver. Some savvy shooters coming off the bench who know how to win. But in my opinion, my final thoughts for the Western Conference in this matchup is that Chris Paul will be the difference maker. James Harden might not know what to do when things kind of when teams take him out of his element, but Chris Paul can just control the pace, and he is such a difference maker on both ends of the floor. Rockets in six. All right, now we're going to shift gears into the Eastern Conference coming up next. Moving into the Eastern Conference, first time in almost a decade that LeBron's not in the East. So we got some great matchups. Who's gonna who's gonna show up? Um, first one we'll talk about is the Boston Celtics versus the Indiana Pacers, the four versus five matchup. Gotta give these Pacers credit. Victor Oladipo goes down, everybody was counting them out, but they battled and they kept the five seed in the East, and they've got some gritty players. Um, Sabonis is very underrated. Um, and so it's gonna be interesting to see kind of how the Celtics match up with these Pacers, but um, Boston had the best home record in the East at 22 and four. Uh, Boston had the league's best clutch offense. Clutch offense is defined by um, field goal percentage and free throw percentage in the fourth quarter, last five minutes of the fourth quarter or overtime, if the score is within five points. So if it's a close game in the fourth or overtime, the Celtics had the league's best clutch offense. Um, that's also because they have two, probably the best clutch player in all of the NBA, which is Kyrie. And Jason Tatum is stepping up to show that he's got a little Mamba mentality in him as well. Um, the X factor for this Celtics, Celtics team is Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's an all-star, but that gruesome leg injury, he's finally getting his groove. I've been checking box scores these last few weeks because I, I wondered if he was going to show up. And Gordon Hayward is getting more efficient. He's had some 20-point games. He's really starting to find his groove. In my opinion, he's the X factor that that helps the Celtics in this series. The Pacers, um, they don't have any all-stars after Oladipo went down, but they play together and it can be anybody's night. They're top five in three-point percentage, but they're bottom five in three-point attempts. I have a feeling if they want to get past uh, the Celtics, they're going to have to chuck a few more threes than that. Um, the Celtics went three and one against the Pacers in the regular season, and I just think the Celtics have too much. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, not to mention Kyrie, Horford, and Hayward. Um, something to note, Marcus Smart, kind of the heart and soul of the Celtics defense and brings a lot of grit and toughness to them. He's injured, probably going to miss the first two series. So that could affect the Celtics, but I think they're too overpowered for the Pacers to handle. Boston in five. I'll say the Pacers get one win at home. Next matchup, the two seed versus the seven seed, the Raptors versus the Magic. Um, the Raptors just were upset by the Magic yesterday, which throws a wrinkle in this. 
um, which is exciting. I actually like doing these NBA playoff predictions after I've seen a few of these games. It's kind of fun. Um, the Raptors are one of the two teams, Milwaukee's the other, that ranked in top five in both offense and defensive efficiency. So they can do it on both ends of the floor. Um, the Raptors were 13 and 30. Excuse me. Reverse that. They were 30 and 13 when both Kyle Lowry and Kawhi uh, play. They had the lead's best record, 42 and 1, after leading by 15 points or more. And in my opinion, these guys are loaded. Uh, they've got Kawhi, they've got Lowry, they've got Ibaka. They added Mark Gasol this year from the Memphis Grizzlies. Fred Van Fleet is healthy. Pascal Siakam is probably going to win the most improved player of the year. And he went off in this game yesterday, but it wasn't enough. The Magic beat him. Kyle Lowry with a big goose egg in the box score. It's crazy. For those of you who don't watch much, Kyle Lowry is a great player. But a lot of us struggle with like anxiety and Lowry has admitted that he does. He's had to leave playoff games before and go to the locker room and like relax himself. But if he can't show up and it all goes on Kawhi, can the claw pull it off? I don't know. Um, but the Raptors, here's the, the storyline. The Raptors are, they can't just have regular season success anymore. They fired the coach of the year last year after LeBron swept them in the, in the Eastern Conference. But there's no more LeBron. So they took the gamble on Kawhi it's time to see if they can make a run. The Magic, lowest ranked offensive team that made the playoffs. Nikola Vucevic averaged 20 and 12. But in my opinion, it ain't gonna be enough. Um, DJ Augustine had an amazing game yesterday, hit that clutch three to win it. I just can't see it repeating. I think the Raptors kinda got a little cocky and they didn't come to play. I think Raptors in five. I think they win the next four. I really do. Hats, hats off to the Magic for stealing one in Toronto, but the Raptors are about to crank it up, and I think Raptors in five. Two series to go. Bucks Pistons. The Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks. Shout out to Milwaukee. Went there for the first time this year. Amazing city. Actually walked around their brand new basketball stadium that they just built, checking all the doors to see if any of them were unlocked. Um, I say that without shame. But they were all locked. Um, it's, it's like Fort Knox in there. So wasn't able to get in, but maybe one day. The Bucks became the first team in NBA history um, to allow 1,000 made three-pointers. Okay? So there's, there's a red flag. But here's the good news. Um, I've talked a lot about effective field goal percentage in March Madness. That's where it takes into account the extra point that a three-pointer gives you. The Bucks are second in the league in effective field goal position percentage, and they're number one in holding their opponents. Okay, so they are number two in the league for their own, and they're number one defensively, forcing opponents to um, have a low effective field goal percentage. So that's great. Their starting lineup: Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Atenakumpo, and Lopez. Atenakumpo and Middleton were all stars. Malcolm Brogdon from Virginia. He's a young player, defensive stopper. Um, Bledsoe can can really push it in transition, make a lot of things happen on the offensive end, create plays for his bigs. And how about Brooke Lopez, kind of redefining himself? Shoot, the man is a three-point specialist. He's a seven-foot sharpshooter. Hats off to Dirk, who just retired a few week, uh, a few days ago. But Lopez is channeling his inner Dirk and has really redefined what people call a stretch five, who's the center who can shoot threes. Here's going to be, I mean, here's the difference maker. Can we talk about Giannis for a second? The man is unreal. 
I'm a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan. I listen to his podcast every week. Shout out to the big podcast with Shaq. You can find it on iTunes. Shaq kind of crowned Giannis as the next Superman. He said Giannis is better than he is at this age. Um, Giannis led the league with 17.5 points per paint, points per game in the paint, the most for any player since Shaq back in 2002. Um, in the 23 seasons for which we have the shot location data, Antetokounmpo and El Mio are the only players to average more than 15 points in the paint per game. So it comes down to can Giannis back up these statistics with some playoff success because we know Shaq three-peated with the Lakers then got another one with the Heat so for Giannis to become the next Superman in my mind he better start winning championships their matchup is against the Pistons the only Eastern Conference team that hasn't won a playoff game in the last 10 years ever since the Pistons ended their run with Billups and Rip Hamilton and Ben Wallace they've, they've been silent they were swept in their only two playoff appearances since then um They've kind of got a two-man punch with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin down low. Drummond's led the league with 15 boards a game. He ranked first in offensive rebounding percentage and second in defensive rebounding percentage. The man just is a vacuum in the paint. He scoops them up. But it's just so hard in this league for big men like that to guard people. It's hard in this league if you can't shoot threes, and Andre Drummond cannot shoot. He can't shoot threes or free throws. Um, and his partner, Blake Griffin, is another big, but Blake, believe it or not, has had a great year shooting the basketball. Um, you wouldn't believe this, but Blake was actually second in the league in three-point percentage in the last five minutes of the game. So in clutch three-point percentage, he's second in the league behind Steph Curry. Blake Griffin. Never would have believed it. Um, I think the Pistons are overmatched. Um, Blake might steal one, but honestly, I doubt it. I think... Bucks sweep them. Let's say Bucks in four. Um, and the last matchup, Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. This game was crazy yesterday. Um, so much drama. I watched it. The Nets were just on fire. Angelo Russell was going off. Um, Karis LeVert was going off. Um, the Sixers were looking at text messages on the bench, which that blew up. Um, in my opinion, there's no excuse for that. I don't even I don't believe Joel B with the daughter sick excuse. I just don't buy it. Um, but let's talk hoops here. Sixers starting lineup. Simmons, Reddick, Butler, Harrison, and B. That sounds stacked. Ben Simmons is amazing, but he can't show he doesn't show up in the playoffs. So can he get that monkey off his back this year and start having some big games? JJ Reddick never missed the playoffs his entire NBA career. He's primed and ready to lock and load. Jimmy Butler is a dog. Um, and then Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid are both incredible players. Embiid's the driving force. That lineup, however, has only played 10 points together. Um, and yes, they're 8-2 and two with that lineup, but they don't, they don't know each other very well, so chemistry could be an issue. I talked about Simmons. He shot 13 for 28, which is 46% on clutch free throws this year, which is second worst in the league. Um, and here's what bothers me about this 76ers team. They have so much talent, but twice... I heard yesterday during the broadcast that a player, what first it was the coach for the 76ers, and then it was another player said that Jimmy Butler has been acting as the parent in the room, quote unquote, for this team. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you need a parent in the room when you got a bunch of professional basketball players, it's not a good sign. Like, are the young guys trying to play Fortnite at halftime? Are they just not, are they distracted? I don't know, I don't get it, but it doesn't sound like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are ready for prime time. 
So hopefully they prove me wrong, but I don't think it happens this year because they have an opponent in the Nets who have no pressure. Um, they are the only team in the league that had a winning record, but they have a negative point differential. So teams have outscored them on the season, but they have a winning record and made the playoffs. Um, they're the only playoff team that didn't have a lineup that's played 200 minutes together, so they might have some chemistry issues as well. But here's two stats for you that are kind of crazy. Um, actually, three crazy stats to cap off our playoff podcast. The Nets led the league with 31 points per game scored on drives. I watched the entire game yesterday. Joel Embiid can't guard some of these guys on the perimeter. Um, Tobias Harris can't guard some of these guys on the perimeter. J.J. Reddick can't guard them. That hurt me to say because I'm such a big Duke fan. But I'm sorry, J.J. But the Nets are going to get to the paint at will. Second crazy stat. Do you have any idea who led the NBA in three-point percentage? It's not Steph Curry. It's not Kevin Durant. It's not Klay Thompson. It was the Brooklyn Nets' Joe Harris, 48%. His effective field goal percentage was 62%, was the best mark amongst non-bigs. So he was the best, he had the best effective field goal percentage amongst guards. Shout out to the Virginia Cavalier, Joe Harris. And my final stat, if the Nets find themselves in a game seven against the Sixers, I'm sure they're praying that it's on a Tuesday because the Nets were the only team in the NBA that was undefeated on any particular day of the week. They went 5-0 and on Tuesdays in this season. So 76ers, I might need to look at the calendar right now. I wonder if Game 7 would be on a Tuesday. If so, the, the 76ers better hope that it doesn't happen because the Nets are hot on Tuesdays. All right, everybody. So I want to close out the pod with this. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope that now you have kind of a picture of some of these playoff matchups. I'm looking at the TV right now. Portland's up four with four minutes to play in this one. Oklahoma City's climbed back, so we're going to have some exciting finishes. Just enjoy the amazing talent as you watch these playoff runs. And if you can do me a favor, send me some comments on where you disagree um, with some of these predictions. I realize I didn't make a prediction for the last one. I'm going to say now Nets in seven. Sixers upset, phone scandal everywhere. Um... But yeah, let me know what you think. Um, I'm, each week I'll break it down and we'll have some other topics, but wanted to kind of cover all our bases and hit every matchup for you. Um, some of the best storylines, analysis, and predictions for the NBA. So, hope you enjoyed. Stay with us. Share the word. Continue to subscribe. That's all for the NBA Playoff Edition of Danalytics. <laughs>